It's the day that we remember that the Holy Spirit was given to the church. And they were empowered to and equipped to take the good news of Jesus to this world. And it's a day that is worth celebrating. Because the Spirit's coming into our lives changes everything. We've already seen some of those changes, some of that impact in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Remember in chapter 2, we saw how Paul taught us that the Spirit has opened our hearts to the Gospel and revealed to us God's secret wisdom. In chapter 3, we saw that the Spirit's presence gives the local church incredible worth as we are God's temple. We are the place where God's Spirit lives. And last week, we saw that through the work of the Holy Spirit, we have been washed. We have been sanctified. We have been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gift of the Holy Spirit is an amazing blessing for each one of us who have trusted in Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. But his presence should also impact how we live. Even in the most personal and intimate parts of our lives. He is one of the, the critical, the crucial reasons as to why we need to honour God with our bodies. So this morning we're going to read from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. If you have a Bible, get it out. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1, sorry, verse 12 down to verse 20. And Bran is going to read for us uh, our reading. So Bran, would you like to come up and read it to us? Thank you. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say, food for the stomach and stomach for the food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he, raised, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I, take, shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with the prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with the prostitute is one with her body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one of them, one with him in his spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at the price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Thank you, Bran. As we've seen before, Corinth was a deeply immoral city. On the hill overlooking the city, as you can see in this picture, was the temple of uh, Aphrodite. 
the, the Greek goddess of love. And each evening, the city would be full of temple prostitutes coming down into the city. Corinth was also a centre for homosexuality, fueled by the temple of Apollo, the one that you can see the ruins of in the foreground of the picture. And he was seen as the, the god of music and poetry and song. And he was the ideal of male beauty. In fact, the immorality of that city was such a characteristic of it that Greeks said that to live a life of depravity was to Corinthianize. That's such a bad reputation, even in the world at that time. But the Apostle Paul didn't want the, the Christians in that city just to fit in with everybody else. He didn't want them to live like the rest of their neighbours or their colleagues. He wanted them to stand out, to live as different. He said to them in verse 18 of our reading, flee from sexual immorality. Now that word sexual immorality is a Greek word called pornea. And it's where we get the word pornography from. And it's just a general term to describe any kind of sexual activity that is outside of marriage. Outside of the marriage between one man and one woman in a lifelong, exclusive, faithful and loving relationship. So this term here, pornea, would describe, include so much of what was happening in the city of Corinth. But Paul wanted these believers to run from that, to flee from that, to get, to get as far away as possible from that, as fully as possible, as quickly as possible. He wanted them to live holy, pure, upright lives, even as they were living in that deeply immoral city. He wanted them to honour God with your body. Verse 20. And God calls us to do the same. Whatever our culture says, whatever everyone else thinks, whatever laws are passed, whatever pressure is put on us, God wants us to run from any sexual activity outside of biblical marriage. He wants us to seek to honour God with our bodies. But why? Why should we live in this way when our culture tells us to do the opposite? Why should we make that effort to live in a way that other people would laugh at or ridicule? Or as a recent title of a book says, Why does God care who I sleep with? 
Well, in this passage, Paul gives us five powerful reasons why we should live this way, why we should honor God with our bodies. Number one, first one, is because not everything is profitable for us. Verse 12, Paul quoted one of the the slogans that people in this church in Corinth had been saying. Okay, This isn't what Paul thought. This is what people in Corinth were saying. They said, everything is permissible for me. Everything is permissible for me. Probably it was a kind of twisted form of Christian freedom. Yes, if we've trusted in Jesus, then we've been set free from that slavery to the Old Testament law. We no longer need to try and keep all of those rules and commands in order to be right with God. But they got it wrong because that doesn't mean that we can live any way that we want. They said, everything is permissible for me. But Paul said, but not everything is beneficial. Even if some things are not expressly prohibited, they might still not be profitable for us. They still might not help us to live for God. In fact, some things might enslave us again. So people said, everything is permissible for me. But Paul said, in verse 12 again, I will not be mastered by anything. Following our desires might feel like freedom, but doing what we want can quickly trap us into bad habits that we just can't break free of. That freedom can quickly turn into slavery. Now that's a general principle of so much of what Paul writes in this letter to the Corinthians. When we're thinking about how we should live, we must think about more than just what we could get away with doing. We need to think about whether it helps us or whether it hinders us to live for Jesus. So when we're thinking about how we're going to live, we should ask, is this helpful? Is this profitable? Or will it hinder me? Will it enslave me? Will it trap me? And that's especially the case in the area of human sexuality. Because the stakes are just so high. Paul said this in verse 18. All other sins a man commits are outside of his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. There's a debate about what the first half of that verse actually means. Some people might even think it, it was another of those slogans that people in the church said, getting together and saying, well, it doesn't matter because sin is okay because it's outside of our body, so it doesn't really matter to God. It doesn't really affect us. 
But the second half of this verse is really clear. Immorality is not helpful. In fact, it is harmful. It is to sin against our own bodies. And by extension, it's also a sin against the bodies of anybody else who might be involved in that sin. It's not a loving thing to do, either for ourselves or for others. And that is because we have a greater purpose. Paul quoted another one of the Corinthians' phrases or slogans in verse 13. He says, food for the stomach and the stomach for food. I guess the implication here is that just as food is meant for the stomach and the stomach is meant for food, so the body is made for sexual activity and sexual activity is made for the body. To them, that meant that they could do whatever they wanted. They could do whatever they felt like. They could do whatever they desired. Because that's what their bodies were made for. So they said. But they were wrong. Look what Paul says in verse 13 to correct that, to challenge that. He says the body is not meant for sexual immorality. Even if some things... Sorry, our bodies are not made for doing whatever we feel like doing. The purpose of our bodies is not just to do whatever brings us pleasure or satisfaction or happiness. That's not our purpose. Because our bodies were made for a higher purpose than that. Verse 13 again. The body is not meant for sexual activity, but for the Lord. Our bodies are not ultimately for us. Our bodies are for God. They have been, they have been designed and created to honour and glorify God. Now that's a completely different way of looking at our bodies compared to the world today. And that's why we need to live differently from the world. Because we can see that our bodies have been given to us for a higher purpose. The world tells us to please our bodies in any way that we want. But the Bible tells us to please God in all that we do. The Bible tells us, sorry, the world tells us to serve our desires. But the Bible tells us to serve the Lord. The world tells us to live for self-gratification. But the Bible tells us to live for God-glorification. Because we need to be honest here, that's not easy. It is not easy to live like that. 
We have a sinful nature. And so our desires and feelings often pull us in the wrong direction. This, what we're talking about today, is a battle for each and every one of us. It's a battle, but it's a battle that's worth fighting. That's because not only is our body made for the Lord, but look at the next part of verse 13. The Lord is for the body. God doesn't just say to us this morning that your body is for me. He says that I am for your body. In in ancient Greece, the culture that that these Corinthians lived in, some people, they wanted to, to compartmentalize life. Put different aspects of life in different boxes. They thought that the spiritual life was important, but their physical life was not. This meant that either they didn't look after their bodies, that they lived harshly, they refused to to enjoy any aspect of life, or that they felt that they could just do anything they wanted with their body. Because, well, it didn't impact their soul or spirit. There were kind of two separate things. That the life and the body didn't affect their, their spiritual life. And I think some Christians think the same kind of thing today. You either live in hardship or in hedonism. Either they refuse to do anything that would give them pleasure because we're not supposed to focus on our physical life. There's something wrong with enjoying our life. Or they go after every kind of pleasure that they can because they think, well, it doesn't really matter because all that matters is my spiritual life with God. But the Apostle Paul rejected that kind of thinking totally. He said here, our bodies are important to God. He created them. He designed them. And as part of that design, He gave us amazing senses and abilities so that we could appreciate, so we could take pleasure in, so we could rejoice in this amazing gift of life. Yes, of course, our bodies have been impacted by this fallen world. So they don't always work in the way that we want them to. Suffering is part of our life and struggle. But God created an amazing body for each and every one of us. And He did it for our good. This week, If you've been reading or following our Bible reading program, we read in Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you 
Because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Folks, God is not against our bodies. He's not out to ruin our lives or stop us having fun. And neither is He indifferent to our bodies. He cares about them. And so He cares what we do with them. And so God's purpose is that we should honour Him by enjoying all of His good gifts. And by doing this in a way that glorifies Him and accepts His design and His purpose for them. And when we choose to live that way, even if it's against what this culture says, even if other people think it's ridiculous or stupid or old-fashioned, when we choose to live that way, we never lose out. This is what Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 9 in 23 and 24. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. If we are going to follow Jesus today, then we need to deny ourselves. We need to be willing to say, <coughs> excuse me, no to our desires and our feelings. But when we do that, we don't miss out. Because He made us. And He knows what works best for us. God's plan for our lives is always best. And this is a truth that's emphasized by the resurrection. Verse 14, Paul says, My, By His power God raised the Lord from the dead, and He will raise us also. It's an amazing thought, isn't it? That God has an eternal purpose for our bodies. If we have trusted in Jesus, then the one who raised Jesus from the grave will one day raise us also. Yes, we'll see in chapter 15 of this letter that our bodies will one day be changed. They will be transformed. They will be made gloriously imperishable. Never to die. Never to suffer again. But don't miss this. Our future is not, not to kind of float around in some disembodied spirit. It is to enjoy and glorify God forever in resurrected bodies. And if that is God's eternal purpose for us, to glorify Him in our bodies, then it should be our purpose today.
Let's live as those with that resurrection in mind and glorify God with our bodies. But thirdly, we should do this because of who we're part of. Look at verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Through our faith in Jesus, our bodies have actually become part of Christ. We're so closely and intimately connected to him that we are one with him in spirit. But if our bodies are part of Christ, then how could we take what belongs to Christ and abuse it by engaging in sexual immorality? The particular problem in Corinth was one of prostitution, probably because it was part of the religious culture of the day. For many in the city, they couldn't see anything wrong with that. But Paul said, do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in her body? Sexual intimacy is much more than just physical contact. It unites people together and it impacts their whole lives. Paul proved this by quoting from Genesis chapter 2. The two will become one flesh. Describing what marriage is about. Intimacy binds two people together more closely than any other human relationship. So that's why it's a gift that should be reserved within the context of a committed, faithful marriage. To wrench that gift outside of that context is to abuse it, distort it, and to destroy ourselves. So Paul said, shall I take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. If we've trusted in Christ, then our bodies are part of Christ's body. And so we need to honour God with them. Fourth reason is because of who is present in our lives. Verse 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? As we thought about at the start, this is the day that we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit to the church. As a result, for those of us who have trusted in Jesus, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, our churches, but individually our bodies too are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are where God lives. We are His house. And that gives our bodies incredible value. In chapter 3 of this letter, Paul said, God's temple is sacred. And you are that temple. And so however we feel about our bodies today, whether we feel healthy or ill, whether we feel attractive or ugly, whether we feel strong or weak, our bodies have incredible worth because they are holy. They are set apart 
from this world and set apart to belong to God. But that value that God places on our bodies also brings with it incredible responsibility. Look at what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. If we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, then we have been dedicated to live for Him. We've been called to live holy lives. Lives that will honour and glorify and, and the One who lives in us. That means we need to seek to follow His will. His purpose and His plan in every aspect of our lives. In what we say, in what we do, in what we think, in what we watch, or what we read, in what we laugh at. Every aspect. Because our body has been dedicated to the Lord. But if we choose instead to follow our own desires and our own feelings, then we will dishonor the Holy Spirit. We will grieve the Holy Spirit. We will sadden Him and cause Him deep sorrow. So this morning as we rejoice that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, it reminds us again how we need to honour God with our bodies. But there's one final reason why we should do this this morning. And that's because, verse 19 and 20, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. The world tells us to say, well, it's our body, so we can do whatever we want with it. But as believers in Jesus, we're not allowed to say that. We can't say that. Our bodies don't belong to us. Because in love, Jesus paid the ransom price to rescue us from slavery to sin and to death and to hell. And so now, we are God's children. And everything that we are and have belongs to Him. And it's this that should change our how we live. Especially when we understand the price that was paid to set us free. Listen to what Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. It was not with the perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to us by our forefathers. But with the precious blood of Christ. A lamb without defect, or blemish. The cost of our rescue was nothing less than the cross of Jesus. 
When His body was nailed to that cross, when His body was marred, greater than it even looked like a human being anymore, when His blood was shed for us, He suffered so that we could be saved. He was punished so that we could be forgiven. He was separated from His Father so that we could live with God. He died in agony and shame so that we could live life to the full. So folks, how could we respond this morning with anything less than our wholehearted commitment to honour Him with everything that we are and have? How can we look at the cross and walk away and just do whatever we want? Or as Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So folks, if you're here this morning, and you've not yet experienced this rescue plan in your life, If you're here this morning and you've not yet put your trust in Jesus and experienced His salvation, please don't try and clean up your life. Don't try and turn over a new leaf and try and do better before you come to Jesus. Whatever you have done, or whatever you haven't done, whatever you struggle with in life, whatever mess you think you've made of your, of your life, just come as you are. And let Jesus rescue you. And bring you to Himself. And transform your life. You can experience that Right now, today, this morning, even as you're sitting there in the seats, just put your trust in Him and ask Him to rescue you and to save you and to forgive you. But if we're here this morning and we have put our trust in Jesus, if we have been saved, then guys, Let's respond by honouring God with our bodies. Let's run to purity because and away from every form of sexual immorality in our lives because not everything that we do in life is profitable for us. And we have a greater purpose in life because we are part of the body of Christ and the Spirit the Holy Spirit is present in us 
And all of this is because we have been bought at a price. The price of the precious blood of Jesus.